Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jim and team. I want to highlight a couple things. Glad you're able to join us today. The story, we still have copies in the bookstore if you haven't got one yet, $15. If that's a hardship for anybody, be sure and let us know. We'll be able to give you a good deal, like free. And um, preaching through 31 weeks, 31 chapters, five minutes a day to read through the chronological Bible of the story. And we want to say thank you to everybody for all the prayers and all the desire to participate in helping the two families in our fellowship, besides other families that we're aware of that lost homes in the fire. And it's been a great outpouring of care. If you would like to, to help, you can designate uh, funds to that end. Um, and we will make sure that the two families, the Rose family and the Rodriguez family, get, the, get some help, okay? So praise God for body of Christ, family of God, and our whole community, really, stepping up to, to be kind and help. So we're going to turn in our Bibles today to the book of Genesis or the story, chapter 2. Other announcements that you'd want to note will be are at the, um, Pastor Dan's News and Notes on our church Facebook page, New Song Church Medford, and at our website, newsongmedford.com. Lots to note there, so I encourage you to have a look there. Fighting the good fight of faith is the theme, I think, of the story chapter 2, and that's going to be Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and following is where we'll start in the Bible. Fighting the good fight of faith, and sometimes when we think of fighting the good fight of faith, we think of a high anxiety intensity that's always on the lookout for the devil behind every bush. And really, I think that it's not that way. I mean, my daughter Charity describes trying to have a serious conversation with her children about not talking to strangers. And to me, what the, uh, her four-year-old Dominic said to her kind of illustrates how we sometimes think fighting the fight of faith is like, the high-intensity, high-adrenaline situation. And I'd like to make an appeal for a calm, steadfast, confident trust as being fighting the good fight of faith. Anyway, what Charity, how Charity described it with her trying to have a serious conversation with my children, her six-year-old and her four-year-old about not talking to strangers, four-year-old Dommy jumps up and starts punching the air. And he said, if a stranger comes to our house, I will punch his face and pop his eye out. And then I would throw baby Evangeline at him. <laughs> and she goes on to say, P.S. to all strangers, I would not go near Dominic if I were you. 
Well, 1 Timothy 6, verse 12, the Apostle Paul puts it so well. He says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life to which you were called. And when we think of eternal life, we're not thinking just of when, we, when Jesus comes back or when we die and go to heaven. But eternal life, especially in John's gospel, this is eternal life, to know Jesus Christ whom God has sent. It's a knowledge, it's an experience, it's a depth of deep calling to deep in relationship with Jesus. This is a quality of life that's eternal life, and we lay hold of it by a quiet, confident, sometimes in the anointing of the Spirit, we can be aggressive and, and take dominion, and this is appropriate, but what I'm not calling for is a high anxiety situation where you're just fighting all the time and not really sure if you're winning, but a quiet confidence, and this is what we see in the life of Abraham in uh, Genesis chapter 12. Our first talking point is fighting the good fight of faith means rehearsing the promises of God over our lives. These are the promises in the Bible that God especially quickens to our hearts, promises that we read about through reading through the New Testament and the Old Testament, promises that we know to be true in the Bible, promises that God has given us prophetically over our lives that are especially quickened by the Holy Spirit to our lives. Fighting the good fight of faith means declaring them and rehearsing them and thinking about them and reveling in them and savoring them. These wonderful promises, Peter says we partake of the divine nature as we, as we meditate on the, on the wonderful promises that God has given us. So page 13 in the story, Genesis chapter 12, we're going to focus, I mean, the, the story of Abraham covers so much of Genesis, chapters and chapters and chapters, but we're going to especially use Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3 as an anchor point for describing all of Abram's fight of faith. Now the Lord had said to Abram, before his name was Abraham, quote, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, I want to remind us today that the, the story of Abraham, he lived around 2000 BC, but Genesis was written by Moses around 1500 BC. So Moses sat, sits down and he writes this story, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, from what? Not from documents that someone wrote earlier, but from the oral tradition that has come down from generation after generation after generation, where the people of, of Israel, the children of Abraham and his descendants, have reveled in, savored, marveled at, grabbed hold of and declared by faith the promises to Abraham and his children down through the ages. And they partook of the divine nature of God as they reveled in these promises down through those 500 years of history before Moses wrote it down for the children of Israel to continue to get, be encouraged, inspired, and blessed by. And of course, the blessing on Israel, um, the Apostle Paul says that it's not just it's not the nation of Israel, it's the remnant of people of faith within the nation of Israel that the blessing comes to. And that ultimately, 
uh, morphs into the person of Jesus Christ. That's where the promise comes, to Abraham and to his seed, who is Jesus. And everyone who is in Jesus, put your hand on your heart right now. Say, the promise includes me. Yeah, hooray for that. We're in Jesus, we get the promise. It's ours too. Abraham, Abraham, this uh, verse one, now the Lord had said. What Moses is saying, the Lord had said it to Abraham and Abraham had been thinking about it for a long time. He, he got food from it and, as well as his children and the descendants down through the ages. The Lord had said Paul tells us about Abraham, and I'm going back and forth between Abraham and Abram because I, I forget I'm first talking about Abram, but um, he becomes Abraham. In just a few minutes, you'll see why. Verse 20 of Romans 4, Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Are you? I hope not. Don't waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Keep the quiet, confident, steadfast faith The promises of God are yours. But Abraham was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Even when Abraham bumped up against trials and difficulties, He remained steadfast in his confidence in God. It was attacked, and sometimes he he faltered. It was like getting punched, and he took a couple steps back. But he was steadfast in his faith, and there was some anointing of faith on him that God was so delighted in in him as a sweet-smelling savor that went up as incense before the presence of God. You know, we talk about ministry and, in, and all the ministry that people are doing in the, in the midst of the fire tragedy and really in the course of all of our Jesus life. There's so much practical, tangible ministry that can happen, but there's something else that's going on. You have noticed in people in your life that have bumped up against tragedy, have bumped up against difficulty, and they have prevailed. They have been patient. They patiently endured. They have remain steadfast in their faith, and there is such a sweetness about their presence. There's such a, a, a perceivable and observable faith that you can see on them. There's a strength of character in them that makes you just say, wow. And I want you, us to know today that God is saying, wow, too. He says, I love that. In fact, in my book, I'm counting that faith that I've given them as a gift and that they are allowing their, 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 their muscles of faith to be strengthened through their active believing with their faith, even in the midst of difficulties and trials, that I am seeing that in my book, that's called righteousness. I'm God, I can call it anything I want. That's righteousness when they have faith. That's as if they, they lived a perfectly righteous life because they have faith in Jesus Christ and they have, they're trusting in me in all of their life. They're trusting in Jesus Christ continually as their Lord and as their Savior. They're trusting in the amazing gift. And that anointing on them is very, very powerful. Abraham bumped up against difficulty and he reacted with faith. 
God tells Abraham, I am yours exceeding great reward. Not just reward, Abraham. I'm, I'm your reward, but not just your, your reward. I am your great reward. And not just your great reward, Abraham. I am your exceeding great reward, me. And what I think Abraham did was when he bumped up against trials and difficulties and challenges to his faith, he just backed off and retreated to the presence of God and said, I am looking for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And I am retreating into God himself and his presence being my great reward. And I am retreating into a place where I'm going to build an altar, produce an animal sacrifice, which is a prophetic pointer to, to Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as a substitutionary atonement, blood sacrifice for our sins. I'm going to build an, an, an altar, and I'm going to worship for a while. Why? Because God is my portion in the land of the living. Abraham, Abraham had many blessings in his life, but when he bumped up against difficulties, he retreated to his supreme blessing. The supreme circumstance of his life was, a, was that Abraham was a fr- called the friend of God. God says, Abraham, you have best friend status with me. Abraham says, God, you definitely have best friend status with me. And, and together, we're a great team. And the promise is to Abraham and his seed. And Paul says it's not seed as in plural, seed as in singular. And, and, and the seed's name is Jesus and everybody who is connected to Jesus, is in Jesus and who Jesus is in. Hooray. So, Abraham leaves Ur of the Chaldeans and, and hangs out in Haran for a while and then he and his, his uh, however many hundreds of people were with him, part of his extended family, they finally get to the land flowing with milk and honey. The land of Canaan. Hooray, it's been a long journey. We're here. Oops, famine. <laughs> so they just overshoot the whole country and go to Egypt. <laughs> they just keep going. The plane has overshot the runway. <laughs> and just go down to Egypt for a while and try to get some respite there. Yeah, they hit a trial right away, didn't they? Then... They come back, and, and uh, Abraham's nephew, Lot, gets kidnapped with his family, and Abraham has to stir the troops up. I don't know if they had any training in war, but he stirred up about 300 and some, some of his mates, and they went after they rescued Lot. So there was this, these difficulties. This land of promise had some stress points. In fact, one of the biggest stress points was the, the psychological stress point of the reality that Abram, whose name means, um, his name means uh, father, uh, glorious father, I think it is. Lost it just now. But uh, about like highest father. And God says, your name is no not longer Abram. Your name is Abraham, which means father of multitudes. So when they get together for the family dinners, 300 and some guys, let alone women, other children that were there, Abraham and Sarah didn't have any kids, 75 years old. Abraham says, 
Everybody said, hi, hi, Abram, how you doing, man? Hi, Abram, how you doing? What's going on? Uh, excuse me, my name isn't Abram anymore. My name is not Exalted Father. That's what Abram. My name is not Exalted Father anymore. My name is Father of Multitudes. Even though I'm 75 years old, I don't have any kids. My wife is 75 years old. She doesn't have any kids either. We don't have any children. But I want you to start calling me Father of Multitudes, please. Can you, can you, can you kind of see how that could have been kind of humbling for him? And a little bit like, wow, man, you know, it's early onset dementia setting in here. What's going on? What's going on with you, this guy? Is he going to be okay? I mean, we, he pulled us out of Ur the Chaldeans. We came to the land flowing with milk and honey, and instead we get the famine, go to Egypt, and now he's saying he's the father of multitudes, and God's talking to him and saying this? Okay. And then... Genesis 22 happens. Ultimate test. God tells Abraham, hey, I need you to, you know, they have Isaac, they name him laughter, so there's some respite. They had a lot of laughter, a lot of joy. They, by faith, they not, don't waver. They end up having little baby Isaac. And as he's probably an early young teenager, God says, I need you to sacrifice him. I need you to kill him. And the Bible says in Hebrews that Abraham was willing to do it. I was telling Brenda, I, I would just disobey God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not there. God would never do that, speak that to anybody again. But it, it was in the, in the Bible that happened. And just as he's about to, to, um, to slay his son, an angel intervenes and says, stop it. And there's, they find a ram and that, that ram becomes a substitute. And there's a lot of Jesus picture. First of all, it took them three days to climb up the mountain, you know, they went to. The mountain was called Mount, not Mount Calvary, but, but uh, Mount Moriah, and the, um, which is uh, the mount of God's provision. And he says, and, and Isaac had to carry the wood, like Jesus had to carry the cross. So there's a lot of, cro a lot of uh, Jesus pictures in there, especially the substitutionary atonement of the fact that the lamb, God, God provided a sacrifice, and God has said, I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son, and God gave his only begotten son to die in our place. There's a lot of Jesus pictures, prophetic Jesus pictures, and atonement pictures in that passage, but I think you'd agree with me that was a pretty heavy test, and Abram retreated to God. Angel shows up and says, don't do it. I know now you, your heart is really, really fully for me. You really are making me your portion, land of the living. I am your reward. You're not even putting your family before me. You're awesome. God is essentially saying. I want to say about all these different things that my uh, pastor, John Lancaster, and the pastor I was pastor, uh, my pastor um, from teenage all the way up through, I worked with him at two different churches, He's in heaven now, but he said repeatedly, man's extremity is God's opportunity. And I want to just say that it's an opportunity for God. When you bump up, you're, and your challenge of your faith, when you bump up against stress points, you are giving God an opportunity not only to come through with a miracle, 
patiently. You're waiting and anticipating and declaring and believing for a miracle. But you're also retreating to the presence of God, retreating to him being your portion in the land of the living. He is your great, exceeding great reward. And uh, he is your enough. And he's my enough during those moments. The presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit who reveals the Father to us, who reveals the glory of Christ to us, who produces fruits of the Spirit, who activates the gifts of the Spirit in our lives. He is the one, our comforter. He is the one we turn to and live in. And um, the invitation from this passage and this, this example of Abraham is is to do our very, very best to live consciously in the presence of the Holy Spirit. To live consciously in the presence of the Holy Spirit and to know that he is the one that is called alongside to help us. The Bible says that he's a paraclete, the one called alongside to help. And he's the one that's getting through this, us through this journey of life. And when things go great, we exult and praise and glorify God in the Holy Spirit, and when things go, things go bad, we pray for breakthrough, but we always, we always just slide off of those things into the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's the, the oil. <laughs> I think of the oil as one of the symbols of the Spirit, so we just hit that difficulty and just slide right off of it because of the oil, <laughs> right into the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we have, that's where we live because we have a city. We are, we are searching for a city who has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So fighting the good fight of faith means rehearsing the promises of God over our lives. And fight, fighting the good fight of faith means realizing that the blessing of God starts today and every day, today. We don't have to wait for the promises to be fulfilled someday. We're going after eternal life now, today. The kingdom of heaven, the parallel universe of the glory of God is at hand. And by faith, childlike faith, we continually access the blessings of the heaven realm. Chapter 12, verse 2. God says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. There's nothing that is in your heart more than the desire to be blessed by God. You just want to be blessed by God. Remember Abraham's grandson, Jacob, when he was wrestling with the angel? What was his, his word when the angel said, let me go? He said, no, not until you bless me. In other words, you have access to the glory realm of the Heavenly Father. I want a blessing. You bless me. We have it in our hearts, a deep calling to deep desire to be blessed by God. That's what we want. And that's what we have in Jesus Christ, the promise to, be ble- to, be, uh, to live a life that is blessed, blessed, blessed. Abraham, Abraham was blessed with refreshing God encounters, a little boy named Laughter, wealth, he was quite rich, 
Whatever's going on in your life right now that you can identify as a blessing of God, note it, celebrate it, talk about it. Every time Brenda and I, well, not every time, um, but most every time, when we go on, a, on some kind of even a short trip, even to the beach, on our way home, we rehearse every blessing we just experienced. Back and forth, her turn, my turn, her turn, my turn. Her turn. We go to England, come back on the plane, back and forth. This was a blessing, this was back and forth. This is a blessing, this is a blessing, this is a blessing, this is a blessing, this. It's just, it's just a way of feeding on the blessings of God and helping us to thoroughly enjoy the blessings that God does give to us. Talked with a guy last week sharing the gospel with him in Albertson, one of the Albertsons' parking lots. And he smiled and said, I am a Christian, I'm born again. He said, I, I said, how did you get, come to Christ? And he said, well, I was in a horrific motorcycle crash. And in the motorcycle crash, I should have, I should have died, but I didn't die. And I survived it, and that turned me to God. And he went into the details of it. He could, I could tell he was really, really enjoying telling me the story as I'm sitting on my motorcycle talking to him. You know, it's a little bit surreal. But, uh, but, but I can tell this is part of his story, his family story, his, his, his life story. And I hope that you are well aware and talk about with your family the stories of your journey and the stories of your parents' journey, your grandparents' journey, your great-grandparents' journey, any Christian in your heritage that has stories. Make it known to your family because this, this is the grace of God on you and your family's lives that should be celebrated in your personal now. One of the great blessings that God promises Abraham is the, is the singular blessing that he and his descendants would be a blessing. Have you noticed that one of the greatest blessings of, of your life is to be a blessing to other people? Jesus, um, the, only, the only quote of Jesus Christ that's in the book of Acts that's not in, also in the Gospels, there's one quote that's not in any of the Gospels. It's only in the book of Acts, but it's quoted, Luke quotes Jesus in the book of Acts as saying, it is more blessed to, blessed to give than to receive. That isn't, hey, it is good. It is a blessing to receive. We receive a constant flow of good things from God. It's a blessing to receive and from other people. But, but Jesus said, hey, giving to others, being a blessing to others, it's got, it's got a slight edge. It is a blessing in and of itself. And the call of Abraham's life, the promise, one of the great things Abraham said, hooray for me and my children and my grandchildren down through the ages and of course to us in Christ is that we get to be a blessing to every nation on the planet, every ethnicity on the planet. In the Greek, the word is in the, in the um, Septuagint and in the New Testament is ethnicity, not nation. You will bless every ethnicity in the world. And one of the great joys and meaningful moments I had in the, in the Medford, one of the Medford Black Lives Matter uh, protests was be able to declare again and again and again to the protesters that Jesus Christ supernaturally is the only one that can bring that unity and blessing and, and healing among the ethnicities of the world. I was able to declare it and say it 
And, um, and I trust the Holy Spirit will use that because I believe it with all my heart. I believe that's one of the promises here, that the blessing of, of giving to the, to the nations. And in you, verse 3, and in you, all the families of the earth, the ethnicities, the nations of the earth, shall be blessed. God wants to bless them, but he's not going to do it without you. Your prayers, your touch, your favor, everything that God does on the planet, he does through the anointing of the Holy Spirit on his church. His body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. It's a blessing to give. Trevor Rodriguez, teenager, his family lost uh, their home in the fire. His family doesn't attend uh, New Song, but he does very faithfully. And I asked him the other day, I thanked him because he, he, he um, along with Andrew and, and Jackson Guevara, um, have been setting up the market tents for outside service and at our 1030 service as a ministry. And I thanked him the other day for that. I said, I really appreciate it, Trevor. He said, you know, he said, you know, I really enjoy doing this. I get joy and pleasure from it. And he's a teenager in our youth group. I thought, I thought about him when uh, I was thinking about the blessing of giving, that he said that was such a blessing. Abraham rescued Lot from the bad guys. He blessed him. He interceded in prayer for Sodom and Gomorrah. Do, you, do we intercede and bless the, wor- the worst situations in our society? I hope we do. When you hear about the, the different horrible things that, going, that are going on culturally, I hope that, that we pray way more than we bellyache about it. And Abraham expressed in, in giving just out of his personality a fatherly affection for everybody that he ran into. How do I know? Because he was so powerful and so effective and such a blessing, releasing fatherly care. Father, he emitted, he exuded the fatherly love of God so much that Jesus Christ referred to heaven itself as Abraham's bosom. The hug of Abraham. God says, you know what an amazing dad Abraham was in your history. I'm telling you, heaven is like that times a trillion, trillion, trillion. When you go to heaven, when Jesus comes back, or when you die and go to heaven, smack into the reality of the Father's heart affection, his chest, his hug. That is the atmosphere. Sorry, I get a little intense. It's the anointment. (laughs) I get a little intense. Okay, take a breath. (laughs) Just, Just know you're going to be shockingly pleased at the affection of your dad in heaven. And God calls that atmosphere, that environment of heaven, Abraham's bosom, because Abraham was such a loving dad. 
not just to his own family, but to other people too. I think expressive of his personality and the anointing that's on his life. With regard to the tragedy we are currently facing, have faced and we're trying to work at, in Jesus' name, the fires. I love what Pat Daly told me this morning. A tragedy like this brings out the worst in people and it brings out the best in people. But in bringing out, of the, but bringing out the best in people is going to win. Bringing out the best is going to win. We had 25 or 30 people here in sleeping bags and on cots from Talent and Phoenix, mostly on Tuesday night, just fed them, gave them a place to sleep. Uh, there was six senior citizen ladies that have no connection. Well, yeah, they have a distant connection to our, to our church that were displaced by the fires. One even came, came in slowly with a walker and an oxygen tank, you know, and, and I was glad to care for them. Um, people just stepped up and just served. It was such a Jesus thing. Uh, even with the fires near Eagle Point, we had two families from uh, Clarissa and Royce and then and then Nathan and Lisa both contacted us to bring cots and sleeping bags and to help people out. And it was, there was just so much Jesus care. We got phone calls, texts, emails. Hey, can I help? Can I help? Can I help? It's just beautiful. I want to conclude with a story. Patrick Rose, they lost their home in the, in the fire, in a fire, the fire in Phoenix. Patrick and Christina, their four children. He said that there had been such an outpouring of care for them, financially and otherwise. I told him, you're going to need it, so just know that. You're going to need it. But he said, I became aware of a, a talking as a friend stopped by who, who who's, uh, has a family member in California that lost their home in the fire in California. And Patrick said, I felt, I was being so blessed, I felt like I got to give some of this away. So I gave him some money and I gave him some other stuff to take down to California. And he said, he said it felt so good to be able to do that. You see, it is more blessed to give than to. Was, he was being blessed receiving, but he got a he 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 confessed with his mouth to me. You know, it it, it has an edge, all right. It's it, it's a it's a, it's a little bit better to be to to give than to receive, all right. My paraphrase, but that's what he communicated to me. And then he he laughed and said, shortly thereafter, someone stopped by with some money unexpected that was ten times the amount he gave to the guy to take to California. And God said, you try out, give me, man. You, you just try. Let's see how that goes for you. Let's stand up. We're here today in the congregation. Let's stand up. We're going to pray. Put your hand on your heart, if you would. Just want to declare this over all of us. We declare over all of us, O oh God, that we are a people who partake of the divine nature by rehearsing, meditating on, reveling in, and believing the promises of God even in the face of life's greatest challenges, we are a people who fight the good fight of faith in a quiet, confident, tranquil, blissful way. The joy of the Lord is our strength that we're fighting. And we declare over ourselves, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, that we are fighting the good fight of faith in focusing 
the blessings of God that are starting today and every day, savoring, reveling in, cherishing the favor and blessings of God, not just in the, not just in the future, but the blessings of the past and the blessings of this day, your blessing. And we, like Jacob's, Jacob, uh, Abraham's grandson, we lay hold of you and say, we thank you and praise you for the blessing, and we're not letting go. We say more blessing. We just want to be blessed. That's who we are. And we praise you for the blessings in Jesus Christ. And we thank you especially for the blessing of being able to live a whole lifestyle. We declare over ourselves our purpose is to, in being blessed is to be a blessing to all the ethnicities of the world, including bring peace among the ethnicities in our own nation. We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.